This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager. I'm usually joined by my co-pilot, Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael, but I am actually in Northport, Florida this week at Cool Today Park in the Braves' wonderful spring training complex. So thought I would maybe uh, bring you guys a show from down here, let Greg get uh, get some deserved time off back in Atlanta. Well, I shouldn't say time off. Believe me, he's in the office and working, but we're giving him the week off from the show because uh, we've got a special guest that's based here in Northport, and it is Mike Dunn, who oversees the entire complex here in Northport, Florida. Cool Today Park. Mike has been with the Braves for over 30 years, and I had not met him previous to interviewing him uh, earlier this week. And I'd heard a lot about him because obviously with him running this entire facility down here, there are a lot of folks in our office that work with Mike uh, pretty regularly, certainly at least every year at this time of year. And I've heard nothing but good things about Mike. And, you know, if, if you're like me, when you meet someone for the first time and you have a good intuition about them that, yeah, this is a, a pretty good person. Well, Mike was exactly that. And he lived up to everything I had heard about him, just a, a true gentleman and a really, really just interesting guy with uh, with a really interesting career. Again, as I said, 30 plus years in the Braves organization, and he's kind of done a little bit of everything. So uh, without further ado, let's get right into it and hear about those 30 plus years. Here he is, Mike Dunn. Well, Mike, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us here on Behind the Braves. I say us, McMichael's back in Atlanta. It's just me this week. So, you know. You got the lucky draw for the nice sunshine in Florida today. I'll tell you, I didn't hate uh, leaving Atlanta yesterday (laughs) and landing here yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I will try to spend as much time as I can down here during spring training. But no, I I appreciate you taking the time. I know this has just like got to be crazy busy for you and your staff. And this whole offseason, I know, has just been, I can't even imagine. I want to start at, the, I mean, I want to go back up to your career in sports and how that began, but just start right off the bat with uh, this offseason and how that guy, how this went for you guys. I mean, the aftermath of Ian, I mean, what, I can't imagine what it took to get this place ready for, I mean, the players are here as we're sitting here today. Yeah, we're still kind of in the, you know, the rebuild and remodel and uh, fixing mode. Uh, we'll be ready uh, for the game. Um later this month but yes september 28th um we had a a hurricane that hit us and um it came on board uh came on land north of uh, fort myers um the path changed a little a couple different times so we really weren't sure um of the trajectory, we knew that we were going to be affected at some point in time, and we have protocols that go into place and secure the facility. But you never can secure everything in its entirety when you have an impact, an impact of 150 miles an hour sustained for eight hours. I mean, it just sat on us. Um, but 
we were very, 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 very fortunate that we had no loss of life that was immediately attached to our our families and our team. A lot of us had uh, major you know, house structure damage, lost cars, were stranded, those types of things. But we were very fortunate from that perspective. But to come into the ballpark and within 24 hours of the storm and to see what the damage was, you know, it was... Uh, catastrophic is, is an understatement um, yeah, whether it was you know parts of buildings that were in our on our field or in our parking lot that weren't part of our building or uh, trees and it, it just looked like an absolute war zone I mean I know that's kind of a cliche but uh, it was devastating and we were fortunate to be able to react quickly engage um, a first responder team we had that protocol in place from our from our stadium and then just kind of assess the damage and figure out where we could start first and the biggest one was we had significant water damage so we had to get out uh, you know start uh, mitigating and uh, any growth any uh, mold and those types of things so we removed started the carpet removal and the drywall removal and you know patched some holes temporarily but uh, we had a big team that really you know acted and reacted quickly uh, we were able to get vendors in in line within 72 hours and you know just start that process so it it uh it started in the press box it went system-wide all of our exterior fences were down so we were uh, totally unsecure so we had to have 24-hour security with uh, with police so we could uh, eliminate looting and those types of things and it just evolved into a total workshop of recovery with florida power and light staging over 600 people here that slept for on site for three and a half weeks we did laundry and fed them three meals a day and sent them out into the you know into the workforce to try to um, you know bring back power and simultaneously working to clean the stadium up so it was a it was a process uh, i've been around for a couple of builds on stadiums and you know it's always the timeline and you know trying to do the 11th hour and get the paint in so your first game and uh, it's kind of like the same thing with this we're trying to rebuild the stadium in a short amount of time and get it ready for spring training but it's taken a lot of people and a lot of people have really given a lot of effort to to get us to the point we are today I was I was walking uh, our, our film crew that's doing the Behind the Braves spring training docu series, and it's the same crew we've had for the the couple years we've done this before. And we were walking up the hallway to their little their their office where they usually kind of set up shop for their time here. And we walked into the hallway that they walk up and down, you know. Uh, 20 times a day during the five or six weeks that they're here. And as soon as we set foot in that hallway that they're all familiar with, and they haven't been here in a year, but the, one of the guys looks down and goes, oh man, this is all different. This is all different flooring and carpet and everything. He goes, how bad did it get in here? I was like, I, I don't know, but from what I've heard, it was it was pretty bad that the entire facility was was and i know greg mcmichael had talked about the amount of dirt just on the fields that had to be replaced i mean it was some crazy number of, of tonnage right yeah so part of the uh you know, one of the significant damages certainly was from obviously the intake of water um but the wind 150 miles an hour for eight straight hours and it's sustained so it stayed at that it just took every piece of fence every piece of you know loose landscape um luckily the structure in itself was not uh, altered but because it was sustained for so long it sat on our all of our fields so it acted like a typhoon and it just sucked up the clay and it took the clay 
who knows where, parts unknown. But it amounted to over 150 tons of infield clay for the seven fields. So that's something that um, uh, not only is a specialized mix and ingredient recipe, uh, it's not done here. You have to truck it in and you use the rail. And so aside from us uh, securing the vendor, we ran into uh, some issues with the railroad as they were going through some of those issues. And then we went into issues with CDL drivers because everybody was getting dump truck drivers for restoration everywhere. So we had problems transporting, Uh, but we were able to facilitate the mixture uh, on the East Coast and transport it over. And obviously our first uh, priority was the Major League Stadium and then fields two and three for the Major League team. And then as we gradually got to the point of uh, fence and securing the perimeter, we were able to get into the quad and get those fields ready. But you know, it was a significant amount of, of clay just to get us the infield. If you can imagine, it's flush from clay to grass. The surface is flush. And you can imagine anywhere from a three to a six inch drop. So it's actually a step from the clay up to the grass and no way would it ever have been playable at any point in time but uh, you can see today it's you know we're taking took bp on it today we've had a couple college games on it to you know check on the bounces and stuff so uh, we're back to being playable for sure well i mean you said it earlier the the most important thing was when the 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 storm first hit i mean up uh, us up in atlanta just worried about all of you people and you Mm -hmm. folks down here and Mm -hmm. your families and friends, you know, and then I worry about the complex and then I backing up a little bit, no disrespect to our former spring training home. I always, I love going to spring training. I liked Orlando. It was okay. But from the second we set foot here, when this place opened, I just, I've not only fell in love with this facility, but I just fell in love with the area. I love the area and I love coming down here, love work, getting here early, working all morning and then going with, you know, the radio guys over to Snook Haven where we get dinner and a beer. And then like, we just, we've loved this area. So to be able to come down here this week and not only see that the facility has recovered, the the, the work you've done has been amazing, but that the area and the community is still, and there's still parts you can Mm. see out there where it's, it's, it's rough, but it's, it's, it's coming back to life. Yeah. It's, it's uh, it's so encouraging, and and we're kind of the you know the centerpiece of certainly this immediate development. But my philosophy has always been uh, the more we can get online and get ready and get going, the more spark of life it's going to encourage. And uh, we're mindful of all of the people that have lost uh, not only loved ones but belongings and houses and those types of things. And we've been able to certainly help in those causes. Um, but we're able to put. 400 people to work here and, and keep um, some positivity going. And I think when you look around on opening day and throughout the course of the Grapefruit League season, you'll see a lot of smiles for people that have had a pretty rough six months, you know, so this will be a little beacon of hope and a little brightness in their in their day. Amen to that. Okay, so I want to back up. Anytime we have somebody that works in the office, and when I say the office, I mean the front office. So in the organization, I always like to just find out what was the path that got you here? Because mine was unconventional and has twists and turns. And I, I like finding just how folks got here. So I mean, coming out of you're from Pennsylvania. I am. Okay, so were you a big sports person just your whole life growing up? Yeah, I was a football player and a wrestler. I was a huge, still am a huge Steeler fan. I was a Pirate fan, Bucko, coming out of Pennsylvania. I went to college at Elon College, which is in North Carolina. Um, got into their um, corporate communications with a little bit of sports management. Uh, back then, sports management really wasn't as prevalent and popular as it is today. Uh, but I was able, I was fortunate enough to get an internship with the Braves. Uh, had a brother-in-law that was in baseball that uh, 
helped connect me to a gentleman by the name of Paul Snyder, who's an icon within our organization. And he placed me and got me going in some areas. And I went to work on what was called the caravan back then when we would travel down up and down the East Coast uh, promoting Braves baseball, which was in last place for a long time in the late 80s. Um, and then I would transfer my my uh, college credits to Greenville, South Carolina, which is where our double-A team was, and I completed my internship there. And then once I graduated from college, I moved back home and kicked around and did some work up there and stayed in touch with some people, and a job became available. And so I relocated to Greenville, South Carolina, to work in stadium operations for our double-A team there. And then from there, I just kicked around and um, moved to Macon, Georgia, ran the Macon Braves for quite a while. And then we relocated Macon to Rome. We built I built the stadium in Rome, ran Rome for a while. And then once we knew spring training was probably going to be moving from Orlando... I was part of that project team, and then I came down here and helped design and build the stadium, and now I'm, now I'm here. So that's kind of been my process. So all, right, all those years in the minor leagues, let's see if you would have gotten out of school. These started, was this early 90s? You start, Late 80s, yeah, so early 90s? You late started, 80s. Mm-hmm. Late 80s. Mm-hmm. So the big league team wasn't very good in the late 80s, but Correct. I would imagine if you were in the minor leagues, you were seeing some guys that, uh, some names that we all know from the 90s oh, coming yeah, along. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I've been very fortunate to be around for quite some time to see a bunch of the waves you know we've had different waves of minor league players and certainly in uh, the late 80s and early 90s you know, brought in the worst of first from Ave and Glavin and Smolty and all those guys coming through and then we come into you know the Chipper and the Klesko and Mike Kelly and all of those guys in that class and part of that whole big you know, divisional run was really, really unique because we couldn't lose for a long time. We only had one World Series in 95, but the team was pretty dominant. The organization was pretty dominant and set the tone certainly from a player's development standpoint on, you know, developing from within and those types of things. And we had some, you know, lulls and ebb and flows, if you will, during the uh, t- you know, 2000s. And then obviously the baby Braves coming through from Francoeur and McCann and those guys. So... Yeah, it's 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 kind of look back and see some of the kids that came through. I remember, you know, first rounder out of Pearson, Florida, by the name of Chipper Jones, who came and started, and, you know, eventually made his way to Greenville, and we're able to see part of that whole process of him moving from short to third, and Raphael Fercal, and Marcus Giles, and Jermaine Dye, and you know, a lot of a lot of players that had pretty substantial major league careers. And we're in the brave system, so we were able to see that, and that's always fun. I would say we're kind of in another current state of where we were in the 90s of we're expected to contend every year. We're coming off five straight division titles. I started, so I'm a lifelong Braves fan. I started working in baseball with the Braves in 2015, so at the start of the, the rebuild at the big league level or the whole system, really. And I remember when the 2016 Rome Braves won their title mm-hmm. and us kind of at the big league level, like like I would be at the, in the press box in those days at Turner Field, last year at Turner Field, I was working our big league games, but every night I was checking the minor league box scores and I just wanted to see what did, what did Ozzy do last right. night and then first heard the name Acuna for the first time. And mm-hmm. then I remember seeing Ian Anderson, right he was drafted down the field at Turner, like at Turner Field had just signed his contract and he was looked like he was about eight feet tall and weighed about 90 pounds, <laughs> just a, a kid. But I remember when that 2016 Rome Braves team, we thought, man, wonder wonder how many of these guys could, I like, is this, are some of these guys going to come up here and turn things around for us? And now looking back at it, man, that team was 
a special team, weren't they? Yeah, that that um, I've been around a couple teams. The '91, '92 Greenville Braves team um, was a really pretty pretty decent team, and then this team certainly uh, the Rome Braves team. We were good, and we played really, 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 really solid baseball, but we never could separate ourselves from anybody. And I remember specifically where we were uh, in Greenville, South Carolina, ironically, and um, the Red Sox at the time were in first place, and we swept that we, we swept that uh, series, and we went on a roll from there. I, th- I want to say month of August, we were 25 and 5 or something. It was just bizarre, but I was with the team. And you just could tell that there was such a calm, collective, um, positive attitude that, hey, man, we're going to go out there and play and we're going to win. And when you had Soroka and Max Freed and Austin Riley and Lacuna, I mean, we were looking really pretty decent. And uh, Randy Engel, the manager, just had a had a mindset of let the kids play. And, And that's exactly what happened. And we never looked back. We won every division every round of playoffs on the road we had i think we had, we had two home games the whole round of playoffs everything that we had to do we had to do on the road and that was pretty impressive we went to augusta georgia we went to charleston south carolina and we went to augusta georgia and we had no idea where we were going to go but we had planned to pack the bus because we weren't coming home we were planning on winning and we were going and we ended up having to go down the road and play a couple games at charleston and then we go back home and win the game at home and then we get on the road and go to new jersey of all places <laughs> But what a spectacular time and a fun time. And, you know, those kids, all, all Colby Allard, part of that team. Sure. Yeah. We're just, it was immensely fun, immensely fun. And we celebrated not only when we won in Lakewood, New Jersey, um, but we came home and I, I'll never forget as long as I live, we drove home after a 16 hour bus ride. And we arrived at the stadium in Rome about 11 o'clock at night. And there were thousands thousands of people in the parking lot we had a stage we had the fire trucks blowing the water we had a police escort it was the wildest thing you ever seen you thought we won the world series that's awesome and for those kids we sat back and i specifically remember talking to rand dingle saying you know what this this sets the stage for for what's what's coming down the road and and they can celebrate a little class a little team little town like this they'll celebrate in atlanta when they do the big thing and they sure did. So it was a couple of years later with the World Series. But I firmly believe that, you know, the, the tone is set within the Meyer Leagues of the expectation and uh, the environment and all of those things. And that was a really, 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 really special year, and special group of kids. It's It makes it that much more special and fulfilling, even just as you're just putting my, my Braves fan hat on here. Like when it's guys that were drafted, developed, homegrown, they come up together. It makes it, don't get me wrong, a World Series is a World Series. I'll take them however I can get them as a fan of the team and now as working with the team. But it's, for my, in my opinion, it's that much more special when it's done with a core of guys that you built. I mean, yeah. that, that you guys built in the minor leagues that you continue to produce here at this facility. It just it just adds something special to it, I feel like. There's no doubt. And as you know, the game has changed a little bit in how you know the analytics play a role in a lot of the movement and the, uh, the whole pace of the game. But forever and a day, it was equally important to move players together, to keep them and to let them win let them lose, let them have highs, and let them have lows together because as you're a team and you 
progress through the minor leagues and hopefully get to the big leagues, you're going to have to persevere together. And uh, so I'll, I'll always hold fond memories of being upset when we're moving players and we're not, you know, we're moving one. I knew the I knew the caravan was coming. There's going to be two more, three more because we wanted to keep them together. And but from a development standpoint, that was so 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 huge because they were they were buddies. They were you know teammates together. And so although it affected the team locally from a minor league level, the end the end cause was you know the right cause. So uh, it was always sad to see them move, but they certainly had success along the way. They sure did. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So let's talk about, I mean, this this amazing place. And so you spend decades, I guess, at this point in the Braves minor league, at the minor league level, whether it's it's Greenville, it's Macon, it's Rome, and the opportunity comes along to build this place from the ground up what was the first of all how do you guys even like how do you even identify like where where you're gonna go and how you're gonna do it i mean i i I don't have to get you don't have to get too much in the weeds but just what a process that's like you know there's a committee that's put together a search committee that um was able to identify projected areas uh that may have some interest our you know our departure from disney was relatively twofold one um more and more uh, Central Florida teams were relocating to either the East or the West Coast, so it became a, a travel burden or a travel issue. If you're if you're spending half the day on the bus to play spring training games, it's self defeating in the productivity for the players. So we had to get closer to other teams that we could play and. We had a, a fantastic run at Disney. We had a, uh, we helped open Wide World of Sports, but there was time where growth, you know, forced some things to move around, and we decided that there was a time for us to be able to explore uh, our own facility. And so that you know that put the the crew on the road and figuring out you know where it was viable. And after a, a, a wide ranging search committee and uh, possible elements, this area was the one that made the most sense, and it made the most sense because a we are geographically located to seven teams within an hour um, they had the infrastructure meaning they had the land and the ability to build within um, and we could do it by ourselves we didn't want to necessarily partner with another you know team and share a complex right. so um, a lot of things transpired a lot of people did a lot of uh, hard work down behind the scenes to get us to this particular site which is in South Sarasota County the Orioles are in Sarasota the Pirates are in Bradenton uh, the Rays are in Port Charlotte so those four teams are within 30 minutes of us or we're within 30 minutes of them whatever you want sure. to be <laughs> um, and so that made it relatively attractive and then when we started looking at the land and the projected uh, idea of how this is going to be a live work play kind of community we felt like it was a win-win for everybody and uh, very 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 rarely do you see multiple governmental entities coming together to forge a package to create a project like this so we had the city we had the city of northport the county in sarasota county we had the state of florida 
then we had the Braves, and then we had a private land developer. So we had five people or five groups, you know, to negotiate and to weather the storm to get to the common cause. And the end result is what you see is pretty decent, but very difficult with two people at the party at the table, you right, know, let alone right, five. Right. Um, but I think the Braves... Um, are the premier example of development, not only from a player standpoint, but from a fan amenity standpoint. Um, the conversion of, uh, once we left Fulton County Stadium, the conversion of Olympic Stadium into Turner Field was you know, a miraculous feat going from 80,000 people to 40,000 people. Uh, did it have all of the bells and whistles? No, but it was very fan accommodating for the time. We were able to convert that. And then we lived and learned from that. We built a stadium in uh, Gwinnett. We built a stadium in Mississippi. We built a stadium in Rome. Uh, so it's not the time, you know, the first stadium that we've ever built. And then obviously with Truist Park, that was a relatively small undertaking, if you will. <laughs> right. Uh, Complemented by obviously the battery and the, all the multiple phases of development. So we felt very confident in our develop, our ability to build and develop and design. So away we went. And um, uh, the beautiful part about it is that all of our executive and our leadership uh, gave us the opportunity to get what we needed and to build and to make sure the player amenities were what they what they are. And I think if you ask Alex and talk to any of our uh, executives, you know, one of the key components to talking to a player is the fact that we have a state-of-the-art spring training facility. And I know for a fact, because I talked to the, our play, the major league players, they love it. They love the amenities. They love everything that they have. They love the proximity to the water and the, the quietness and the peacefulness of the area. And um, those are those are factors that come into building a winning ballpark or building a winning baseball team, one that's going to compete for years. Uh, so if you can complement the, the need of the major league player and the development of the minor league side, that's a recipe that uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of clubs would like to emulate. Oh, absolutely. I think there's something to be said for I've seen it working in the front office and then game days I'll pop in the press box that's where I work most of the time or if I'm not in my office at at, at Truist but especially the first couple of years of the ballpark being open and as the battery has expanded and I've I've lived in the battery for six years now too I I live and work there and play there occasionally so I'm I'm I you know I'm gonna sing the praises of the battery Atlanta all day but it has been kind of fun to eavesdrop or just hear other teams whether it's writers personnel when they're in town and maybe it's their first time seeing it all and they kind of marvel at it. And there mm-hmm. were places, I remember when some of the, uh, a few years back, the Rangers were in town before their new place was open. And I remember a couple of the writers had just gone out and looked around at the, the battery and they said, man, if this is, if they can build something like this at our new place, this is, this is, that'll be, that'll be incredible. You know? So I think that it's not only can you go to an Atlanta Braves game or in Atlanta and see a state of the art facility that's kind of unlike anything else, but it exists here too. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that's what anybody, that's what everybody feels if they're going to Pearl, Mississippi or Rome, Georgia or wherever that they're feeling this is a first class place. Mm-hmm. Right? So when this, this site was selected. Did you and the family, did you immediately move down before there was even a, a shovel in the ground? No, no. Okay. I um, I did a couple different things. I, I ran the, the Rome team, and then I sat on the initial development design team for this. And then once um, we got hot and heavy into the uh, creative and the design aspect of it, then... I relinquished my duties in Rome, and I moved down here. My family stayed in Rome, um, and I commuted for uh, probably 18 months, and then I was able to, to move my family down once we kind of got established with the construction coming out of the ground and those types of things. But 
uh, I've since relocated and my family's down here and we're here full time. And, uh, you know, it's I get to come to the ballpark every day and I pinch myself after 32 years saying, wow, you know, this is my office kind of thing. But Yeah, that's great. I, I hope that's I think that's how everybody should feel coming mm-hmm. to work. That's how I feel. And this is my ninth season yeah. working in it. And I'd still I still just kind of walking around the ballpark. Going, I can't believe that I get to do this, which is great. I, so that segues perfectly into my last question. Uh, what advice would you give someone that wants to work in sports? Maybe they're coming out of school looking for a first opportunity. You know, obviously we all dream of, I dreamed of being the next like David Justice or Chipper Jones, but it turns out I suck uh, at playing baseball. So <laughs> I had to find a different avenue to work in the game. But uh, what, what advice would you give somebody who wants to work in sports? I would say never, never close the door. Always, um, you know, always take, um, any any of the experiences to heart and be a sponge take it all in i i can't tell you how many hot dogs i've made how many beers i've poured how many toilets i've cleaned how many fields i've cut you know i'm a hands-on into a hands-on operator but i'm a person that believes in knowing a little bit about a lot and you're afforded opportunities and when you're afforded opportunities you have to accept and excel in those don't pigeonhole yourself into no i only want to do this because you never know what that experience is going to parlay into and um although i may never want to be on housekeeping again it at least opened up my eyes of appreciation to that development and to that department and to part of the process that makes the whole cleanliness of the stadium and the grounds that important um but interns and trainees that's where it's at you have an opportunity to to get real life action and real life experience whether or not you're getting college credits or you're getting it for uh expanded education whatever it may be and you know we have trainees and interns all over here that are full-time that are that have gone through the program and that's how they get inside the door so any opportunity that's afforded to you uh, take it up, take it up. You may not want to be in basketball. You may be a football guy. You may not want to be in baseball. You're a hockey guy or girl, whatever it may be. But you get your foot in the door and you learn and you meet and you network. It can never go wrong. It can never go wrong. And you can look around in the environments. And I tell our staff every day, when you think it's bad, just look where you're going. Look where you're driving to every single day. There's a lot worse things you could be doing and take for, you know, appreciate your environment. And I think that they do. Thanks. Well, thanks so much, Mike. Really appreciate your time. Man. Thank you. Thank you.